mercy and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for today is from Mark chapter 6. When Jesus went ashore, he saw a great crowd and had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Dear friends in Christ, the theme of this year's Vacation Bible School was shipwrecked, rescued by Jesus. Four of the day's themes were this, when you're lonely, Jesus rescues, or when you struggle, Jesus rescues, or when you're powerless, Jesus rescues, or when you worry, Jesus rescues. And I have to tell you that if we were to present these themes to the world, they would laugh in our faces asking the question, do you as Christians never get lonely or worry or struggle? or feel powerless, and we would respond with a resounding, yes, we do. It begs the question, at least, if you say Jesus rescues from loneliness or worry or struggle or powerlessness, and you still suffer from these things, then Jesus rescues from what? In fact, our crew leaders were confronted with real kids who struggled with loneliness and worry and feelings of powerlessness, and struggled with parents arguing, and families splitting up, and having no one to talk to. Kids who struggled with bullying, and feelings of sadness, and being picked on at school, or left out, and all manner of things. And one thing that became abundantly clear when the children told their stories of loneliness, or struggle, worry, or powerlessness, is that we live in a vicious world that is hard for kids to navigate. That being said, we as leaders had a chance to share with the kids our struggles, our worries. And listening to the crew leaders, I surmise something that maybe adults in this world find it just as vicious and hard to navigate. The Vacation Bible School theme shipwrecked was so appropriate because being shipwrecked means you are alone and worried and struggling and powerless. It is why the world looks at us in the church as a ship of fools, for we suffer from the same things that they suffer from, loneliness and worry and struggle and feelings of powerlessness. I think the world looks at us and says, why would I get on board with them? They look the same as us, act the same as us, suffer the same as us, struggle the same as the rest of us. They just have more rules and more guilt, and nobody needs that. The world says, well, if you're the same as we are, and we are, then Jesus does not rescue. One of the biggest struggles that I had growing up was that in my family, we adopted a small boy, my brother Sean. Sean had the world against him from the get-go. And back in the 80s, when they were just figuring out how many factors could affect a child's growth and health and well-being, we simply knew that Sean struggled, and because he struggled, we struggled. I always thought that I had the perfect family. My parents were great. My sisters were great. Sure, we had our moments, but we were a secure, normal, healthy, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant family. Or so I thought. Adopting Sean made it hard. Sean was hard. Hard on our relationships, hard on my mom and dad, but his struggles became our struggles. And our struggles made us worry and lonely and feel powerless. I remember my mom going to ask our pastor and talking to him, asking him this, well, where is God in all of this? Why is there so much pain? I remember the word my mom used in that conversation. She told me she asked the pastor about justice, 
My mom wanted what was right for us. She wanted what was right for Sean. She wanted what was right for her marriage. She was tired of the struggle, tired of the worry, tired of the wait, and turned to her pastor and said, okay, pastor, where is God in all of this? In the gospel lesson for today from Mark, we see Jesus and his disciples trying to get away from it all. Jesus' disciples are returning to him after being sent out, and they have good news that they had worked and they had taught in Jesus' name. And Jesus says, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. Jesus offers his disciples rest and they go to a desolate place to rest. But the crowds run ahead of them. And when Jesus gets to where he is going, there is no rest for him. Jesus goes ashore and sees the great crowd. And scripture records this. Jesus saw the great crowd and had compassion on them, had compassion, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus sees these struggling and powerless people, and he is literally moved to his guts for them. Here, the heart of Christ for his people is revealed, for he loves them. He loves them so much, he miraculously feeds them. Jesus takes five loaves of bread and two fish and feeds 5,000 men plus women and children. Now in the world, this is part of the story that gets the most attention. This is the part of the story that the world likes to hear about. The people are hungry. Jesus uses his almighty power to feed them. People want a bread king. People want a Santa Claus savior. How do I know? Because I do. When I hurt, I want my pain gone. When I'm lonely, I want not to be lonely anymore. When I want my struggle, I want my struggles solved. My worries washed away, my powerlessness appeased. I want a bread king that will make me full and happy and pacified. And that is also the savior the world wants. So when he is not that, they don't want him anymore. And in my sin, sometimes I don't either. We pray for our daily bread, and so far the Lord has provided it. But does that mean that no Christian has ever starved? No, I'm sure many have. And if I were to starve praying for my daily bread, does that mean that the Lord has left me, has gone away? If I were to starve shipwrecked on an island, did the Lord not rescue? Many people have walked away from the faith in Jesus for this very reason. They did not get what they want. For example, I've heard many people say, I have prayed for God to take away my wife's cancer and still she died. I prayed for my mom and dad to stay married and still they divorced. I prayed for a job and still I am unemployed. I prayed for a spouse and still I am single. I prayed for peace in my family and ended up going to war. I prayed for an A on my exam and failed miserably. And if that is the case, then that is not a God that I want. I want a God who rescues me rescues me from pain and hunger, struggle and trial, loneliness and worry in my time and in my way. In the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000, Mark records, and they all ate and were satisfied. God is good, and he does provide our daily bread. He provides our house and our home, our spouse and our children, and all needed to support this life in both body and soul. But as Kathy and Carrie and the crew leaders taught the children in our care in VBS, God loves you. But he may not take you out of the loneliness or the struggle. 
You may continue to worry or feel powerless, but he is there. He is always there with you in the struggle, beside you in the worry, upholding you with his almighty power when you are powerless. Because the one thing that we promised the kids that we knew for certain, the very promise of God, that he sent his only son, that when we do wrong, Jesus rescues. Like the disciples, we took the word of God to those kids that we are sinners and that we need rescuing. We act wrong, we think wrong, we speak wrong. And for all of our wrongs, God sent his son to make it right, to declare us righteous. Dear friends, we are not the same as the world. Yes, we may suffer the same, worry the same, be as lonely or as broken, but we are in Christ Jesus, and in Christ Jesus, we have forgiveness for all of our sins and the promise of life everlasting. The Gospel of John recounts this same story as the Gospel of Mark. But in the Gospel of John's account, it says the crowds continue to follow Jesus, and Jesus tells them this, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate of the loaves and had your fill. These people want full stomachs, but Jesus wants to fill their souls and says, those who ate of the loaves will be hungry again. They will die, but eat of me instead, for I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall not hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. He who eats of my body and drinks of my blood will never die. Jesus is the bread of life that prepares us for our real life to come, our eternal life in the next life. My mom asked our pastor, where is God in all this? Pastor Simpson, a wonderful pastor, assured my mom, God is with you. He is with you to the very end of the age. And Saya, you may have to wait until the other side of eternity for justice and for the end of the struggle. Dear friends, hold on. Hold on as my mother has held on and taught her children to hold on. Hold on to those people who have died in the faith and are now with Jesus. Hold on because Christ is holding on to you and forgives your sins and gives you his body and blood to eat and to drink for the forgiveness of all of your sins and the strengthening of your faith unto life everlasting. This world is not a safe harbor, but we are in a ship called the church with Christ as our captain. And he promises, promises that he will guide us home. Last Wednesday, during VBS midweek, I committed dear Naomi Schneider's body to the ground. And in that committal, I was thinking, it is Naomi who is safe. It is Naomi and all of those who have gone before us in the faith, who have died, that are safe. Safe in heaven, where they shall not hunger nor thirst anymore, nor be lonely, nor worry, nor struggle in sin. For the Lamb is in the midst of them, and they will be with their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eye. Shipwrecked, rescued by Jesus. During the VBS week, as Kathy said, we asked the kids to give us their God sightings. 
things that they see or they experience that reminds them of God at work in their lives and in the world. Midweek when I was doing Naomi's committal, I had one. The picture you see on the screen is a headstone right across from Naomi's resting place. It has a lighthouse on the headstone there on your left and a large cross. And on that cross it says, in safe harbor. And on that tombstone at the bottom it says, safe in the Lord's hands. Dear friends, the Lord rescues you and will keep you safe in the palm of his hand until the day he draws you home to be in safe harbor with him. Thanks be to God. Amen. And now let us pray. The peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in it through Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. Hi, Pastor Sai here. I hope this message was encouraging for you. At Riverbend Lutheran Church, our goal is to support Christians in their daily walk with God and in proclaiming the love of Christ to a lost and broken world. We're a small and inviting congregation welcoming any and all who are sinful, hurting, seeking, or simply broken. Whether you're already a Christian and are looking for a church home or you're undecided about your faith and looking for answers, you are welcome here. We have a number of programs for all ages and walks of life. Sunday mornings we have worship followed by educational programs for all ages. Please join us. For more information, you can visit us online at www.riverbendlutheran.com, call us at 780-430-7382, or email me at pastor at riverbendlutheran.com. Better yet, stop in for a visit. Until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace.